Kaminsky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Steve Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass, a podcast brought to you by Belly Up Sports. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by Zach Mack on draft night, no less. How are you doing today, bud? Good evening. I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm good. We are we are live during the draft, uh, the NHL draft. Tonight, they haven't even announced that Jack Hughes is going first yet, even though it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Off-season moves, this draft, people who have and haven't signed. Uh, but let's dive right into tonight. Uh, are you looking – I mean, the Devils are taking Jack Hughes, right? Yeah, so yeah, the Devils just went on the clock. Uh, I'm pretty much convinced they're taking Jack Hughes. I'm watching really probably picks three and on them, but I'm, I'm more – I'm interested to see who the abs pick at four, honestly. That's what I'm going to be first like. Super interested to see what goes on. Or trade news. Wait, trade news is literally coming. Oh, that's old. That's old trade. That was annoying. <laughs> literally, literally, we're watching the broadcast, and as the Devils are on the clock, in red, trade yeah. news pops up. Like, they just traded their pick. Oh, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. No, you got you got the Blackhawks at three, though. What's I, I? Well, let me. are you thinking Hughes at one before they say the pick here? What? I think Hughes goes number one. Uh, but I do think if the Rangers take – well, when the Rangers take Capo, Caco, Keiko, whatever, at two, I think they're getting the better player. But I'm not a big fan of teams changing their mind on a player because of one tournament. And because I think Caco had the, the better world championships, but the Devils were already sold on Hughes, and they yeah. didn't change their mind. So I do like that better, but um, I like the Finnish kid uh, – a little bit more. And then at three, I do have the Blackhawks hopefully taking Bowen Byram. I just, I, you can't go wrong when the two best forwards are off the table already. I don't think you can go wrong with a defenseman or, you know, the yeah. best one of the two best in the, in the draft. No, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, and I don't, I, I should follow that by saying, I don't think there's any franchise defenseman coming into the league anymore that are going to change a team. Like, I don't think, I don't think Rasmus Dahlin is going to do it last year. And I don't think any top five picks as far as defensemen are just the least too offensively driven right now, at least to me for a defenseman to come in and really change the team or, or the league or anything. Yeah. I feel like the games changed so quickly from, from like, well, we've, we've talked about it before the fighting declining and the, 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 usage of enforcers declining year by year and it it seems like defensemen kind of it was almost too quick to where like kids or prospects couldn't adjust to become the type of player that the league demanded out of a defenseman all of a sudden yeah i just think to be a defenseman in today's league at least an effective defenseman because as we'll talk about later in the show there are very, very effective defensemen, and then ones who don't affect the game at all. We'll talk about those yeah. later. Um, but I think chemistry and strategy, game plan, whatever you want to call it, is more important to a defenseman after they're in the league 
um, than yeah. they are going into the for sure. Um, so the devil's pick is in. Uh, I don't have the volume up because I am podcasting. So as soon as it pops up on the screen, we will congratulate presumably Jack Hughes. Um, I got a little bit of volume so I can fill us in on any audio errors that happen. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna hear all about what a storied franchise the Devils are, and like how they're ready the to background. bounce back. One thing I will say, as the Devils get a very very good player in in Jack Hughes, like we said. People need to remember that Taylor Hall is going to be back, hopefully 100% healthy next season. So this is, they were a playoff team, and then next year they're a little inconsistent, and Taylor Hall misses what seemed like the entire season. Um, but de- definitely didn't play the majority of the, the year. They're, they're building on the right pieces, and getting Taylor Hall and you know a, star, a presumable star forward, uh, they're in a very, very good spot. Yeah. There's our boy Marty Brodeur making the pick. There it is. While we Yeah, I'm a few seconds behind Zach. But yep, Jack Hughes. Hey, anytime an American goes number one, we can all celebrate. I hope he does good. I I, I I'm hoping for the best. I can't I don't know how the jump to the NHL is gonna be for him. But I got uh not worried. Really little guy. Yeah. Really little guy. Yeah. But as we know from my article a couple weeks ago, that doesn't matter. But he just seems unusually small. Um, so as, as we move along, and the Rangers are about to go on the clock, another young star forward is in a bit of a contract situation. Uh, and obviously we're talking Mitch Marner, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. What's your – when people – because it's been such a frenzy within the last few weeks – when you see Mitch Marner's name on Twitter, on NHL.com, on TV, anything like that, what what is your first thought? Now? I don't know what he's doing. I don't. I don't understand where he's coming from. His confidence has got to be so high. To, okay, so I can under for, I can understand if he was like, I don't want to sign long term with Toronto, and I I could get that because maybe he just doesn't want to be stuck in a awful situation four years down the road which is i think where toronto's headed but uh i but then he was like he doesn't want a long-term period i don't i don't really understand yeah it's it's so against the grain i feel like for a guy his age with his level of talent which and what you'll hear me say later is not an indictment of his talent because i do believe he has a good amount but for a guy that's only played with two other $11 million guys, I don't understand where in Toronto fans are like split down the middle. It seems like between people who know that Austin Matthews is the be- the better player, arguably the best player on the team, but the better player of the two and deserving of that money and don't care that he's an American. And then there's the other side who think Mitch Marner is the most important piece to either of those lines whether it be the Tavares or the Matthews line, and he's Canadian, so we want our boy uh, in the blue and white. It's really toxic, I think, for the the franchise. And for him to turn down 11 – they offered 11 yeah. mil eight years. 
and he turned it down. Like, I, I just don't understand why he wouldn't want to be somewhere long-term, especially with the talent on that team. Um, do you think he doesn't get along with Austin Matthews? I mean, I don't know. I've seen that shot by Austin Matthews commercial so many times on NHL uh, Network that I feel like they're best friends because they act like it. Um, <laughs> but maybe he was okay being second fiddle but not third. Like maybe. Well, because I, I, I mean, I subscribe to the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't have the amount of points he has without playing next to Austin Matthews. I was, I was just gonna say, like they, the stats lean so heavy towards Matthews, like in the cumulative stats, maybe with Tavares and Matthews is where that confidence probably comes from. Because I mean, that's that was your initial point is like he's got to be so confident to be turning down the situation and the the contract that he is but i don't even i was going to ask you like who pops into your head as a possible destination for mitch marner but no one pops into my head because i don't see him jumping on like a crosby or malkin line for that type of money because they i mean they could definitely can't pay it in the penguins but seems like there's too many teams that can't pay that amount of money for mitch marner without knowing if he can anchor his own line. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. Do you think he would settle for less money for sh- shorter years? I no, I don't I don't see how that would make sense, but I think he would take, you know, like a 5 by 10. But I don't like 5 uh-huh. years, 10 million a year, but I still just think he's in the like there are people who separate Rantanen and by and Mitch Marner by a lot. But I think they're very comparable players as far as what they deserve. And if, if Rantanen, I don't believe Rantanen is signed, but I can see him being between, you know, like 875 and 9594. Nine, um, Mitch Marner falls into that category to me. I don't think he's a $10 million player, even if they stop at 9.9. I just, he doesn't need to be in that $10 million range or, or the, the Maple Leafs. Yeah, teams. so. I think Marner's just well, trying well, to. I mean, they'll have nothing. He, he thinks that the the market is going to readjust before that eight years, and he wants to. He thinks he can make more money out of signing two contracts than just one. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know who's like I the other day about the uh, Hurricanes um, being a spot for Marner, but I, I, I was just kind of messing around. I don't. I don't really know. You bring up a good point about not being sure he can anchor his own line because he literally has been here as long as Austin Matthews. He's played. Yeah. He's actually actually points than Austin Matthews. He was. Wait, because when was Marner drafted? 15? Or 2015? He was drafted. Yeah, they were drafted. Yeah, he was drafted in 2015. So, yeah, so he's actually been around one more year longer than Matthews. Because fifteen was the McDavid, oh, yeah, he is. and then did he not? Six, yeah, 15. he didn't play his first season. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't have it in front of me. They just um, don't have. Yeah, they have him. Real quick, but because re- regardless of, yeah, he was fourth overall in the 2015 NHL draft, and he's he's been a great he's been a great player, and you know he's, I just. He was a fourth overall pick, and I think he's lived up to being a fourth overall pick. But oh, the Rangers took Capitol yeah. for anyone who uh, is listening live or listening to this and didn't watch the draft. 
Kako in second. Um, but for for Marner, and we could go on forever with about him. I just don't think he's he's worth the money that it looks like he's earned. And that's a really convoluted concept, but we just can't guarantee that you get this type of production out of a guy if he's not playing. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I I go back and forth almost by the minute. Like, well, even like I don't know. I don't really know where to lean on because I I tend to agree with you that he's he's only played like with these other superstars. But I don't know for some reason I I think that he might be when you compared him to Ranton and I I think he might be able to. I but I don't think I I definitely don't think he could. Like go somewhere that has nothing. Yeah, but I no, I agree. Like I don't think like even like in like an Arizona right, yeah, Coyotes type deal like that doesn't have they don't yeah. have enough for him to be successful. But I think he, so he is the best player. But I think he's got to be like only barely the best player for it to work. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes that does make sense. Um, I, I like that take. And we'll keep an eye on Marner. I mean, judging by our luck, <laughs> we'll sign as we do yeah. the podcast. So, um, like, right right in the middle of the draft. But, uh, he's, I mean, he's just one of the guys, uh, especially up in Canada, that is having issues with his team. Um, you brought up uh, Poyarvi just wanting – I mean, he wants out, right? I haven't looked into this completely, but he just wants out. Yeah, just fresh start. So, why? Yeah. I mean, I understand wanting out, but I feel like this is actually a cleaner break because he just wants a fresh start. He's not like, I hate this team. You know, everyone in the front office is out to get me. He just, he maybe he doesn't think he can be successful long term. Like, it, and he just needs a, a new, yeah. a new scene. He said he said he wanted, uh, or no, he said he'd go play in Europe if they didn't trade him. Which I love, by the way. As we, yeah, I mean, players have obviously, you know, we're talking about Matthews and what, or Marner and what he's demanding. Players have a good amount of leverage, um, and I, I like when guys have the balls to really uh, leverage a lot of, you know, their other options against their their team. And I don't think he's doing it in a spiteful or malicious way, because they're they're not gonna like him leaving to go play in Europe basically nets them the same amount of return. I don't see him bringing in a lot to the Oilers, like in a trade or anything. Right. But I, so, so I'll, I'll ask you the same question I asked about, about Marner. What, when you hear this Poyarvi news, what pops into your head as far as maybe his attitude? Uh, I, is he, is he just a good kid looking for a new scene or is he maybe a problem? I think, Maybe, you know, maybe he didn't, I just thought of this, maybe he didn't get along with Ken Holland, or maybe maybe some of Ken Holland's strategies he didn't vibe with, and he wants, maybe he wants to be a bigger part of bigger part of something that's trying to grow. I, I, I don't know, I get the vibe that he is a good kid, he just wants, he just feels like he has a better fit somewhere else. And I think there's so much dysfunction with the Oilers that, you know, maybe Holland walks in and, and holds a meeting with, I don't know, McDavid, Drysidel, Nuge, maybe just those three. And Poyarvi feels slighted because he probably feels mm-hmm. like a big part of the future of this team. And when Holland brings in, you know, who 
may or may not be the only future on the team, he realizes that he doesn't have the respect he thought he did within the franchise. I, like, it's just, that's a totally, I have no evidence to prove. Yeah, that I don't either. It's just, you know, there's not many options with a guy like this. But I was, I was Googling it. Uh, um, and it's like every, almost every fan base has an article out there about how to quote perfect fit for their team. So I think, I, I think fans like him. I don't, it, it's got, it, he has no negative connotation. I don't think, Oh, here's the Blackhawks pick. This is, this is your future. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Kirby wow. Doc. Wow. Kirby Doc center. He's Canadian though. He, yeah, he'll fit right in with Johnny Taves. Um, another Saskatchewan boy. Hey, I, I, I'm fine with this. A defenseman would have been nice, uh, but like I said, He's a good size. Defensemen don't change the future. Six four. Um, player comparable. Ryan Getzloff. Six four. He's one ninety eight now. He'll probably be two ten by the time he gets NHL ready. I don't, I like the, I like this pick. I don't love it, but there's there wasn't a pick I was going to be over the moon about at three. I have a bad feeling I'm going to learn to hate this pick because he's going to get him back to the playoffs. You room for improvement, desire to impact, top end playmaking center. You know, you know who who would be good with a playmaking center. Patrick G.D. Kane. <laughs> We're about to see 115 points out of Patrick Kane, thanks to the Canadian boy. That could be interesting. Doc. Could be very interesting. Um, and si- I mean, since our last podcast, Olimata, um, or the Blackhawks traded for Olimata, not awesome, especially with, well, let's jump into, um, we had a few topics kind of to anchor the center of the show here. And one of them was the Jacob Trouba trade. And real quick, before we dive into the actual trade, this trade bothered me for no other reason than what the Blackhawks gave up to get Olimata. They only would have had to give up a little bit more to get Truba. And it, it seems like a lost opportunity. You would have preferred Truba then? I would have preferred Truba. I'm not upset about Mata, but Truba, I think, Plus, I mean, we're both Michigan kids, and he's a Michigan kid. It's nice to, you know, see him win a cup with the Blackhawks in a couple years. But I I think he would have been the better, you know, younger, more impact, impactful defenseman for the Blackhawks. But Olimata will be, you know, serviceable. He's one of the best defenders on the Blackhawks right now, and he hasn't even played a game. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I mean, so Truba, so the, the trade was Truba to New York for basically nothing uh, off the top of my head. I mean, the. Yeah, it was a. The, they got the, the first round pick this year. And then. Oh, that's. Neil Pionk. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah Pionk. Which Pionk's not terrible. I mean, he was a good fantasy defenseman. I, I know that because he killed me in the, in the playoffs this year, but. <laughs> They it, it Truba's been in like the trade talk, trade rumors the last couple off seasons, uh, in in every year at the trade deadline. So maybe this will be the best thing for him because I think Truba's got a lot left to sh- to show fans, uh, in organizations and maybe maybe playing in front of Henrik Lundqvist in a big city. Maybe maybe it's just better for him. Uh, it, it's impossible to know right now, 
But I, I think he's one of the better defensemen uh, that people are kind of forgetting about because one, he played in Winnipeg. Two, he he doesn't show his full potential all the time, which is obviously an issue that you get with a lot of young defensemen. No, yeah, I think that's a good point because it's exactly what the Rangers needed. I mean, they're trying to pair a, a solid young defenseman with Capo Caco, who they picked second. And I, I think it's a good move for the Rangers. I think he doesn't show his full potential, but hopefully, you know, an, another young gun star in there, maybe they can do something together. You know, maybe, maybe that sparks something within him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it'll be good for, for both the Rangers and Truba. Uh, not, you know, now the Rangers have Capo, a little bit of, you know, tread left on Lundqvist and they've got Zabinijad. There's, there's a lot of pieces there. Um, you know, the same thing I was kind of saying about the devils, they've got a, a good core now. Uh, I'll be I'll be surprised if the Rangers are as bad as they were this time this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I would be as well. I know your uh, your abs pick is in. They got to take Byram, right? I I just read today that Tyson Berry is like a perfect fit for Vancouver. So I feel like we're about to see Byram taken off the board here. Yeah, I think I think that'd be a good pick for. I think the Avalanche probably are glad that you know he's still there. To be honest. I yeah I'd be I mean surprised he's still there would would be the case for sure and and they got they're showing the trade um, the Matt Duchesne trade yeah. and everything that the Avalanche got Sam Sam Gerard has been awesome for the the Avalanche so far too so if they take Byron here they have a very good uh, defensive core moving forward yeah the Avalanche could be scary in the West going forward if if this is if this is Byron Joe Sackick up there. He didn't age nearly as well as Stevie Y. No, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Let's see who were still very recognizable though. Oh yeah, for sure. Him and him and Patrick Wild will always be like two of the most recognizable guys from that <laughs> yeah. era. Yeah. Meanwhile, Peter Forsberg could walk down the street and nobody would recognize him. And they did pick Bowen Byron. Did take him. See that that that's a big big pick for the Avalanche. Um. I can see him being NHL ready as it stands. Uh, and it'll just be there. It's funny. All the, the problems they had in the middle of the season after such a hot start last year, I think a defenseman that's any, that's learning on the fly. Oh, comparable Duncan Keith. Nice. Um, <laughs> a guy that's learning on the fly and can be as good as Byron could be. I think that shores up some of the issues and they've got more consistency for a longer period of time. I mean, cause if they don't, I mean, yeah. if they don't have to come in and play, you know, the, the Western conference one seed, they're in a much, much better position for the rest of the playoffs. And maybe they don't, they don't lose yeah. on an offside call. That didn't happen. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I agree. So we've got Byram. It's... We'll keep an eye on the Kings in the Red Wings are the next two picks. Um, I want to ask you about – I meant to bring this up when we were talking about Austin Matthews, but did you see his comments about the – because we also, since the last episode, the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship, and Matthew said, you know, the parade of the championship, everything motivated him. Do you think that's talk is just talk, or do you think a parade like that in a city can motivate another team? I, I think you – as the train goes by my apartment again, my apologies. Um, I think it's motivating without being, like – a real factor in the locker room. I like, I just think that they're, they're going to want to be the center of attention 
just like the Raptors were because the Raptors, you know, if they lose Kawhi, there's no chance. Like they're back to close to being irrelevant without Kawhi Leonard, but there's enough. I mean, Toronto just has to get past them. They're the type of team that if they get over that mental block of whatever happens in the first round, they're going to win the cup to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the Capitals, like get out of the second round. They win the cup the, the very first time they do that in this, you know, OB era. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I tend to, I think that maybe, maybe it motivated them. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, I mean, if you're not motivated by that, I think that's the, that's a root issue with this. Yeah. Game. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point because it's, it's, as a, as a fan, you know, it's fun to pick on the, the Maple Leafs fans because the Raptors won and the Maple Leafs haven't won since God knows when. And so it's fun to it's fun to pick on them a little bit. So I guess it's kind of nice from a Leafs, Leafs fan standpoint to hear Austin Matthews say that. Yeah, I feel like anything Austin Matthews – hey, by the way, look at Austin Matthews, NHL cover athlete. <laughs> oh, yeah, this that's right. American up front. Yeah, I, I, we totally forgot you to USA. that. Um, any NHL play, any, you know, NHL, uh, game players, you know, if you didn't see Austin Matthews as the cover athlete, uh, which is even funnier and kind of a bigger slap in the face to me. Yeah. It's like now, not only are you not getting Austin Matthews money, you're not getting Austin Matthews publicity. Uh, not that Marner had a chance at the, at the cover, but I was a little surprised, um, that we didn't get like a a Kucherov, a Pasternak, Vasilevsky, something like that um, from one of the better teams. Even someone, you know, uh, from the Flames is probably tough. because. I mean, Kucherov's a good point. That's I'm surprised he wasn't. I would have figured he was the go-to, but I'll take Austin Matthews 10 times out of 10. Uh, it, not only for the anti-Matthews crowd in the Marner situation, but canadians and bruins fans have to be so mad they have to buy uh canadians fans especially because last year they had to buy the cover with pk subin in a predators jersey <laughs> that's right and this year they have to buy a toronto maple leafs cover which is just awesome i'm gonna be so annoyed at how many people are gonna be playing as the leafs online oh that's gonna be that's gonna be yeah a stupid well i mean the the sharks and the we're gonna have an NHL. We gotta have an NHL, a puck puck pass NHL tournament. Next, <laughs> that would next, be fun. Next, next Put one year. on. Maybe they'll have a cross platform play by then. I don't know if they do now. It's been a while since I've been on. But Zach's the so called master, so we'll uh, we'll put a bounty on him. <laughs> Other off season moves. Um, well, speaking of the the Jets, they traded last episode or two episodes ago. We talked about them trading Kevin Hayes to the Flyers pending um, a contract re-signing, and he signed it in, oh boy, oh boy, seven years, $50 million, $50 million plus. What the hell were the Flyers thinking? Uh, desperation? You, what, what do you think about that contract? I guess, Yeah, okay, so you're on the same page as me with this contract. Yeah, I, I mean, guy's a great player, don't get me wrong, but I – you're only getting that kind of money from a team that needs something desperately and is just digging for a diamond in the rough, I guess. The only positive about this to me, looking at the Flyers, because obviously I'm always looking for a reason to God, Luke Robitaille is one handsome guy. 
I'm always looking for a reason to bury the Flyers. But I will say, with this trade, if Hayes proves to be a $50 million-plus player, or whatever it's whatever it came out to exactly, I think it was eight and change per year. I don't, I'm not a math guy. But uh, if he proves to be that player, well, good. You didn't overpay. If he's still pretty good, but not great, he's a good – another American, Alex Turcotte. Los Angeles picked him fifth overall. If he can be pretty good, they can still trade him. It's not an outrageous amount of money that no one will pick up. So I do think they're in a bit of a win-win scenario. Um, But again, this goes back to hurting the Maple Leafs because in my mind, seeing Hayes get that much money, you just do the math right there. And I don't think it's fair to, especially the Leafs, because they're the ones paying it out. I don't think it's fair to be like, well, look at how much Hayes just made. Because this is an overpayment as it as it stands now. But, you know, now it's like, oh, is, is Mitch Marner only $1.6 million better than Kevin Hayes? No, he's much better than that. But Kevin Hayes isn't that good. He, he just got overpaid. So, it, you know, it just everything seems to be contributing to Marner. But on the Kevin Hayes side, what, what do you think about, other than it being too big, I mean, is there a way that this pans out for the Flyers? I'm sure. I mean, if they're... If they, you know, are stuck at the bottom of the standings year by year, they have something to build around, I guess, now. They've got, uh, I mean, Drew's aging a little bit. The roster's aging a little bit. So you, get, you bring in Kevin Hayes, I guess you got you got building pieces now. And you're right. If he doesn't, if he plays well, but not, you know, $50 million well, at least it's still something that, you know, if he's a good teammate, if he's everything that you need him to be, he's at least something you can build around for the Flyers. Yeah, and, you know, the Flyers did get rid of some of the – like, Radko Gudis is gone. They traded him to the Capitals for Matt Niskanen. I think the Flyers win that trade because I think Niskanen is much more, one, consistent, and two, just overall better player. So they're shedding some of the dead weight, bringing in new guys. Are they playoff bound? Probably not. Um, but if they're, if they're doing, like, this kind of on-the-fly rebuild that we see some teams do, like, we're kind of seeing the – the Rangers do a little bit. This is a good piece for a, a quick rebuild, but will it pan out? Like I said, probably not. Yeah, but they're on the they're on the right track. I mean, they're the Flyers. We can't expect too much. <laughs> yeah, we got the uh, we got the Red Wings on the clock now. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, Turcotte went to the Kings, like you mentioned. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't hate that pick. I think he, he was he was the best available on the board. It looked like. Um, I don't know. The Kings have Kings have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean they can't get worse. Yeah. That's, that's so. Yeah. Um. Well, your biggest news of the night is coming up with the Red Wings pick. The biggest news for the last few days outside of Mitch Marner was Eric Carlson re-signing with the Sharks for a massive, massive, um. Contract eight years. What we say was eighty-eight million. Some ninety-two, yeah. Ninety-two. Uh, huge contract. Probably you know best defenseman, top two defenseman in hockey. It's a crippling amount of money for most teams. The Sharks might have just enough to make it work, at least for you know the first half of the contract, and then we'll just kind of we'll have to see where they are. I mean, it takes them till he's what like. Yeah, yeah, he's no, gonna be. 35. He's gonna be. That could put them in a dangerous situation later on. But I mean, like you said, he's a great player. Uh, it's the way 
Waste gates, waste stick handles. So he'll be like 37 when this. God, I mean, that's. I mean, you just got to hope that he doesn't get injured or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine him getting. Oh, wait. He's been injured the last two full seasons and he's still getting paid. I mean, he must be even better than we think he is. Because and they must know exactly what this injury is and the recovery. Time I hope so. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's just not a contract you give someone if you're worried about. Because it's one thing if another team gave him this contract, but from inside the organization, knowing everything about his injury, they they must be confident that he's going to come back. You know, maybe stronger than ever. Uh, but it, it's a deserved contract, and I guess his his wife Melinda really fell in love with the Bay area. So this was also a personal decision. Cause like Greg Wyshynski at ESPN, he says the best, like these, these hockey guys, they don't like to move their stuff. Like when they, if they're going to get paid a good amount of money and they can stay in one spot, they're going to do it every single time. I like that take. <laughs> it, yeah. It's a, it's a good take. And only the young guys like the Marner type, um, since he's just going to be the subject of every conversation today, uh, those are the guys that that move a lot more than like the the family. Guys. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I guess if you don't got you don't got kids, you don't got family, you don't got whatever you know pets, whatever anything at home, you got to move. It's a little easier to do that. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we talked about and you've taken a liking to the Sharks, especially you know since the lady picked them as her favorite team. What's what's worst case scenario for the? Well, I shouldn't say worst case scenario because obviously it would be you know, Carlson's leg never heals. Uh, but is, did anything pop in your head non-injury related that was just like, oh, they shouldn't have done that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously it could put him in a sticky situation later on if Carlson fades out before the contract is up. Um, and the game can change too. It's, it's, it's really tough with defensemen because the game can change so quick that you could be – we see it now, you know, you get phased out and – so you worry about that a little bit, and then you got, you know, Junis down squad. I don't know if you saw today. He want he wants out of San Jose, or or at least he said he was willing to listen to other teams, but keep San Jose in the in the conversation. So I don't know if you're worried about losing guys. I don't know if it's, it's if that's just too early to worry about that. But I I think losing Don Scoy maybe isn't the worst because early on I would have put Drysdale and Don Scoy in the same conversation. Over the last two seasons, obviously that's not the case. Um, Jonas Donskoy could be a very good player somewhere else. Uh, I just, I, I think there's, there's too, there's not too much talent on the Sharks, but there's too much talent for him to be impactful every shift. But I think there are teams out there, you know, we were talking about the Coyotes earlier. That's a place where he could be impactful every shift. Or even, I mean, it was the obvious choice in, in Edmonton where anybody, I could be successful every shift for the Edmonton Oilers. I, they're just... They, they need so much help. Um, speaking of Dreisaitl, another German just went to the Red Wings. Moritz Seider, Zeider, top four defensive defenseman, uh, room for improvement offensive puck play. Look at you getting another Jonathan Erickson. <laughs> I'm not going to hate any picks Steve Eisenman makes. I'll wait to see how it pans out. Yeah, I mean, I'd say his picks have worked uh, pretty well for the Bolts, all things considered. No championships, but... Really, really good yeah. team, <laughs> and he—I mean, they've—they've they've had good defensemen just flowing through that organization for the last decade. So, 
he obviously knows his his uh his draft picks pretty well. This so I mean, they need players all around in starting with defense with how old and bad, I guess is the right word, that defense is in Detroit. This is a this is a good pick. Not NHL ready, I would say. No, yeah, definitely definitely I'm I, I like this pick. I like like you said, the, the de- there's no other way to put it. The defense in Detroit is, is it's old and it's bad. It's you could probably pick two defensemen and throw them in the top five worst defensemen in the league for the for the Red Wings. But uh, we got Chalowski. Uh, hopefully, Siders, you know, Cedar. I don't know how you say it, but uh, hopefully, he's up there playing with with Chalowski, and that's something they can build off of on the defensive end. I never knew that Danny Heatley was a German-born player. They just showed that graphic <laughs> on TV. Never knew that Danny Heatley was a German-born player. The more you know. Uh, I'm going to take 90 seconds, and it's going to be a bit of a repeat from a topic earlier. All right, let's hear it. But I got to do this. Who the hell does Mitch Marner think he is? This is insane to me. I couldn't talk about it when we were talking earlier because I I was actually getting more and more frustrated as the topic went on, and I was afraid I would say something moderately inappropriate. But this is nutty to me that there there's such a battle between I get the two million dollars is a huge amount of money, but just sign at four and eight if it's this important to you to not be locked in somewhere eight years. Which why wouldn't you be want to want to be locked in for at least five or six with Austin Matthews, John Tavares? Like they're building this team around young talent, and all of a sudden Mitch Marner thinks he's not only a young talent on that team, but arguably the best, if not you know, second bet because there's no way they're paying all three of these guys that huge amount of money for one to play third fiddle. And I mentioned that like, there's just, there's too much talent on this team for them to be paying three guys North of $10 million. And Mitch Marner is not worth that type of money. His dad, like, this is why hockey annoys me so much. No one's speaking out about the fact that his dad is basically NHL LeVar ball, who is a pile of garbage, by the way, but Mitch Marner's dad is destroying any sort of chemistry and unity amongst art, maybe the locker room, but definitely Leafs fans because it's turned into this pissing contest of literally, and you, they can tell me up and down that it has nothing to do with American versus Canadian, but it absolutely does because when, when they win a cup, because they are going to win a cup. If Austin Matthews is leading the team, you know who's going to be on the first train to Toronto with all my American flag stuff on? This guy. Because I am going to – it goes to my 90 seconds from last week. It All they do is claim American titles as their own. When Austin Matthews captains that team to a cup, you bet your ass I'm going to claim it as ours. And it's going to drive Toronto crazy. Not because I'm doing it, but because everyone's going to be doing it. He's an American superstar on the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's going to lead them to the promised land. And, and Mitch Marner can choose to be paid like the player he is, who has only ever had to play with superstars since he's been on the lease, or he can go somewhere else and be miserable with $11 million. I, I can't imagine being miserable with $11 million, but if he loves hockey as much as he says he does and, and shows that he does, then he he's not going to be happy losing somewhere. Like maybe it is Arizona or – can't be Edmonton because of how much they're paying, but there's nowhere he can go for the money he wants and, and win. And I'm starting to hope that he ends up somewhere else and is a perennial loser the rest of his career because you're giving up 
a chance to win because you're just kind of being a whiny, whiny little kid about it and shut your dad up. And that's my piece. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh man. It feels like the Kyrie Irving, LeBron James ordeal where he's just getting overshadowed by the superstar on his team and thinks he can go do it himself. And I think we're going to run the same thing. We're just going to go, like you said, it's going to be down the road. Maple Leafs are going to win. And he's just going to feel like, wow, okay, maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe maybe being a perennial loser sucks. Yeah, I mean, there's been, there's been guys their whole life. I mean, look at Eric Lindros. He didn't want to go to the Nordiques because he thought he was going to be, that they were never going to be anything and he didn't want to play up in the cold and all this. And then not only does he get hurt in, in his career's over early, he never wins a cup with the Flyers. And the the Nordiques turned Avalanche win a cup. So I don't wish ill upon anybody. Especially, you know, like I, I just I don't want him to get hurt, obviously, and I I don't want him to, you know, end his career early because he's not happy. But if you're gonna turn down a chance to win, not one, not two, like, they have cups in their future if they can get past this. Like I said, this mental block of the first round. But he's he's giving up huge, huge opportunity to be a little bit more paid than the average guy will be paid in the next couple of years. Like, take a four-year contract. The cap will go up. Deal with it. Like, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, what? Why? I don't. You have, for a couple extra million dollars a year, which I'm not trying to throw away like it's nothing, but... To honestly, yeah, to possibly land somewhere that is bad for it as long as you are in the league, it 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 boggles my mind. You've, I, I can understand where he's coming Buffalo from. Buffalo took Dylan Cousins, by the way. Sorry, we we skipped over that. They took <laughs> Dylan Cousins, Canadian. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was to say I, I I understand where he's coming from. I just don't agree with it. But yeah, okay, Dylan Cousins went to I, I'm, I'm I'm done talking about Marner. I'm. I'm with you. Dylan Cousins, uh, taken by Buffalo. Another team that just needs a lot of pieces. Where's Cousins Uh, out of? I missed it. uh, He's Canadian. I think he played in one of the junior leagues up there. Um, Could be NHL ready, especially for a team like the the Sabres. Uh, But just just, uh, uh, anyone they needed. Or anyone they picked would have been based on need. Um, but you get a guy like Ralph Kruger in there who, you know, we talked about him uh, a few episodes ago in his experience and how long it's been in the league. So maybe he saw something in this kid that, you know, tells him he's going to fit right in into the system he's going to bring into to Buffalo. So we, uh, maybe this is a, a turning point pick for Buffalo. Who knows? Um I kind of hope so. I kind of, I kind of hope Buffalo's on the verge of that turning it, point. It wouldn't be. Yeah, I don't hate Buffalo. Props to Buffalo for always being right there as far as like, uh, like market size and viewership and everything. Like they're they're watching all sorts of hockey all the time. Anytime NBC comes out with their numbers, Buffalo is like top three, even when they're not, even when they're not yeah. playing, uh, which is always it, it's good hockey town. We love it. Basically, a Canadian hockey town, uh, but. That's good for Mr. Cousins. A lot of market yeah, exactly. Yeah. Market good, ability. Good Cousin, and they got Darlene, and obviously Jack Eichel, who you know still has a lot to prove in my mind. So, 
Risto, I like Risto. Too. I like him, but he like took a huge setback to me for me last yeah. season, and and I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't like a year or two away from a Poyarvis type uh, mindset because mm-hmm. he he was the franchise defenseman, and now Darlene, you know, has one pretty good season as far as rookies go, and uh, he's just kind of pushed to the side <laughs> as we're talking about good rookies, we should probably talk about the NHL awards that happened last night. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know you've been crazy busy this week. I don't know if you were able to watch all of it or most of it or any of it. Um, no, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't get to watch any of it. I mean, I followed along. Yeah. Kept track of, uh, you know, on a little tracker, but I didn't get to. I mean, I Ryan O'Reilly wins the Selkie much deserved. Kucherov wins the heart as expected. Did you watch it? I watched most of it. How was, uh, how, how was Keaton? He was good. You could tell the points where, like, he was kind of doing his own thing, and then when he was kind of like reading something that the NHL put in front of him, uh, like he did the reuni- uh, reuniting with like the Kel guy. I don't even know that guy's like name. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, um, the Good Burger thing. I heard. Yeah, about that. they they did that, and uh, they had this really weird, like side reporter guy he was like a weird dwight Schrute, um and he was like interviewing the players after they won awards or previous winners and stuff like that um it was your typical nhl production but i think it was it was definitely better than last year where they brought a magician out that <laughs> I, saw some, I saw something that was a little uh somebody said something like it was bush league for the for them to be handing the coach of the year award along with a burger did, did you what, what do you think about I that i didn't have Hockey's just so old school with so many things. Like, God forbid anyone does anything different. I get it. <laughs> like, I get why people are upset because that's what hockey fans do. Um, but nobody's taking the NHL away. Like, the NHL has proved that they're not taking it seriously. Um, so why <laughs> why would anyone else? Uh, uh, that's a good point. <laughs> it, it was it was fine. It, you know, like, the winners, they did their thing. Um, I will say... Barkov won, uh, Alexander Barkov for Florida Panthers. He won the Lady Bing, like right off the bat. He gets on stage. If anybody didn't, if anyone did see this, you know how funny this was. But he gets on stage and like people are cheering for him. He finished born guy, um, huge, huge following in Finland. And a couple people yell, I'm assuming something in Finnish to him from the balcony. And he looks up and he's like, Thank you. He goes, more fans from Finland from Florida or more fans from Finland than Florida here tonight. <laughs> and dude, it was like Twitter blew up about it. The fans were laughing. Like everyone there was laughing and everything. And it was one of those things where when you're done laughing, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Florida has a serious attendance problem. <laughs> like, it was almost like a sincere shock to like the front office or the fans or anything. Like I, could, I would actually be – surprised if like some Florida fans weren't like all right screw this but it was all six of them it was yeah yeah I was gonna say both Florida (laughs) Panther fans um but no it was it was as far as the NHL awards it was it was good um I mean you know these guys just they barely show any personality um I'm upset Bruby didn't take the Jack Adams yeah I'm upset I I, Barry Trotz earned it but I'm upset he did earn it in like we said, it's kind of like if, if they were voted on yesterday in the 
the awards are in a week. You know, Pedersen probably doesn't win the Calder. Bennington does. Um, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly might win the heart if it's voted for, uh, <laughs> if it's voted for after the playoffs. And, uh, excuse me, Bruby definitely would have. Did you see the, the Vesna votes? I saw, which ones was I really up in arms about? I don't think I saw them. I, I know Bishop finished second. Yeah, I was but, shocked at how many votes, how few votes he got, though. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I know he just had like a, everyone, you can look at it and be like, he yeah. only had a good stretch, but. Yeah, and he was like a little bit of a platoon guy. Uh, so it is what it is. And I will say, as, as we're talking about goalies, uh, Robin Lehner's Masterson speech was really, really cool. Uh, anyone that doesn't know or doesn't follow Lehner knows he's had a lot of mental health issues and problems with addiction and everything. And he gave a really moving speech. And, and it was one of those moments where, because I am very much anti-Islanders, uh, but I gained a ton of respect for that guy and, and wish him only the best because he's been through hell and back. And it was really cool to see him uh, win a well-deserved reward. Uh, award. Uh, it was it was a it was a good night, and it seemed like the players weren't as like visibly uncomfortable as they are in, in previous years. Yeah, he yeah he del- he delivered such a good message. So it was uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm mentally ill, but it doesn't mean I'm mentally weak. And I think that's such a good message to to send to the stigma of mental illness. As far as you know, the recognition yeah. and the get get really getting people behind, you know, the, the the cure and at least at least opening up to awareness. Yeah, and be and being one of those because hockey is such a hush hush sport about so many things, um, and it's not you know it's not a good thing for the kids coming up playing and everything. And uh, I'm not you know a medical professional or anything, but I know the head injuries and, and things that come along with playing hockey, um, let alone just the exhaustion that comes from trying to make these teams and travel with them and everything. And uh, it's, it's incredibly exhausting um, both mentally and physically. And for somebody that could be someone's hero to speak up and speak out, uh, it was a really good yeah. look from Laner and uh, another American. Yeah. Trevor Zegris. I really do mean that about Laner. Zegris. But another American. Uh, I'd say Zegras. Zebras. Zebras. Who, well, I will say, and it, if it sounds like we're skipping over the rule changes in the NHL, it's because we are. <laughs> I haven't read every single one. Um, do you have anything that you want to speak up on about the rule changes? Oh, uh, no, they did some of the obvious ones, like the replay stuff that they can replay now that, you know, people were up in numbers about. Um, they were a little firm in other things. I know, I know you and I, the little time that we got to talk, we, uh, Went a little bit back and forth on the, the. I guess they had mentioned about removing offsides altogether. That was a super. I thought interesting concept to think about. But uh, yeah, it was pretty it's, much like we talked about a bunch of big changes and then we made a bunch of small changes. That's what I got out of it. Yeah, which they, which the small change you like the last small change they mentioned is normally a big change that they didn't want to like talk about too much. It's like oh, we did this, 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 and also this. And then just drop like a huge bomb on a, to- a totally unnecessary rule change. I do like the replay stuff and how they were talking about like wrong once, penalty, wrong twice. Was it a double minor or was it another penalty? It's a double minor. Double minor, which I love. Um, 
And I know this joke has been made a million times, but if they take away offsides, um, I would like a little bit of credit because that's how I played NHL 04. <laughs> so, I mean, we just, we don't need offsides. In, in, in Madden games or NHL games, offsides is always off. And uh, so I would love that in a professional league. And, and actually, if we're going to go with callbacks, our first episode when we talked about rule changes, I said that three-on-three overtime should also not have offsides. Uh, so that would be very cool for for three on three overtime. That would be a good start, honestly, for the rule. Um, it, that would be a good start. Look at us, NHL. If you're listening, or when you listen, because I know you're listening, we're we're available for for some rule changes. <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about this week? I think we covered a lot. Nope. The hometown, uh, the hometown Canucks are on the clock with the tenth pick. Well, that's probably where we'll wrap up. Yeah, we'll we'll um, see this we'll see this through. Uh, we'll go we'll go top ten. Uh, I mean, because obviously this is my sleeper playoff team. <laughs> obviously, uh, so this will be the pick that propels them to the playoffs. Uh, you watched anything this weekend? Oh no, we got uh, hockey's over, basketball's over. Um, I might, you know what? I might throw on a baseball game. I might Ooh. see if there's a good one on. I gotta check the schedule. I haven't looked at it. Don't peg me for a baseball fan. Um, gonna see if there's a good one on that. Really clear. Yeah, I need I need a relaxing weekend though, so that's probably what I'll just probably watch. Maybe a baseball game, take a nap. Baseball game. I was gonna say nap. you're gonna take a nap. Sounds yeah. Like. What um, uh, what are you watching? Well, I'm gonna watch Sunday. I know I'm watching France Brazil in the Women's World Cup. Uh, that I mean, who are you pulling for? Ah, France. Okay. As much as as much as French Canada bothers me, I don't mind the France the the France the French soccer team the France. On, on either side. And it, I mean, the USA plays on Monday, but if somehow the the United States women's national team doesn't win the World Cup, I'd be pulling for France because I think it'd be cool to see a men and women's team win it in back to back years. Other than that, I gotta work on Saturday, which sucks. But uh, not really watching too much. Like 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 you said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it easy this weekend. I mean, you had a busier week than I did, but uh, anytime I get a chance to sleep, I'm gonna take advantage of. It. There might be some NBA rumors, some watch bombs to to keep an eye on, maybe. Yeah, I mean, and we're gonna be obviously we're gonna be keeping everyone updated on on trades and and any free agency news. Uh, we will have another episode before uh, free agency, or maybe it'll work out to where we'll just. You know, we're like 10 days away from free agency. Uh, we might just do like a, a free agency day uh, podcast. We're, we're going to put a schedule out on the on the uh, Puck Puck Pass pod Twitter uh, just so you guys know when everything's coming in. And don't forget, like I almost did, we have the giveaway. It's pinned to the Puck Puck Pass pod Twitter. If you already subscribe, that's fine. Just send us in proof that you subscribe. The first 50 people get double the chance to win. We're giving away a $50 Visa gift card. Uh, so that's money for anything. Um, save it until, you know, next hockey season. Put some money towards tickets. Get some beer money for the summer. Anything like that. Um, but go, go, go. If you've already, Like I said, if you're already subscribed, just screenshot that. Send it into the Twitter and you're entered to win. That's all. You just have to keep doing what you're doing, basically. <laughs> And and you're signed up to win fifty dollars. It's free money. I mean, Zach, what are we doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know whose idea this was, but no take backsies. Yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, whoever sent this down the pipe, uh, we thank you for the publicity. 
but just be aware you're probably going to lose your job yeah. because we're just i mean we can't just be giving away next money. man up we're a small company <laughs> this, next all man. right the canucks um, pick is in let's see who they pick let's see if the crowd cheers or jeers Have you seen how many of those uh, Vancouver Canucks hats that you have are in the crowd? Yeah, the, the black skate. Yeah, like... They oh, go with the guy I thought the Red Wings Wilson. were going to pick. Pod, Pod Colson. Pod Colson, right winger out of Russia. Uh, we know how deadly these right wing Russians can be. I don't know, and I'm not going to like make a judgment on this pick. Uh just yet, because I honestly don't know a ton about these guys, especially the ones coming from Russia. Did play for Putin's team, though. Something to keep in mind. 6'1", 196. That's, that's not a bad pick. Not. I mean, we need them on the up and up. With Seattle coming in, that'll be a good rivalry. We need the Canucks. We need this to work out for the Canucks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Vegas and in, in L.A. like became a rivalry so quickly. Uh, Seattle might be trying to do the same, and Vancouver is obviously the – Vancouver or Calgary would probably, I'd say, be their their closest rivals. Uh, maybe San Jose, but San Jose is going to be so far ahead of everyone else. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the top ten picks are in. We've got a lot to talk about. It's uh, a good spot to leave because the Flyers is. are up. <laughs> exactly. We don't have to put you through any Flyers talk. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like I said, we're going to put that schedule out. We'll see you during free agency. For Zach Mack, I'm KJ. Thanks for listening. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMack, and at PuckPuckPassPod.